The U.S. women claim gold in London, in Rio, and now in Tokyo to make it three consecutive gold medals. It's TX Water Polo Podcast. We're back. Um, that was a bit of audio of the American women winning the gold medal, as people mostly expected. But we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but that's Joe Linehan. He's in San Antonio. He's laying on the floor. I'm pretty sure. And uh, I'm James Smith and Austin. So, Joe, what I have you been up to? On the floor. I, I figured you might be at this point. Floor. Just so exhausted, just laid out, prostrate, just, you know, covered in blankets and cold ice and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you've recovered. Yeah, uh, there's not much. No, you gotta go. We got we got Masters Nationals coming up. We got Welcome to Texas Shootout coming up. We got stuff to do. Nothing excites me more than Masters National. Everybody knows that. Um, Joe, do you know what this show is though? TX Waterpool Podcast. Okay, you know, but it is. This is episode one of season three. Can you can you believe it? Um, yay. I can't believe I can't believe we haven't been canceled by the network yet because this show sucks. How many people told you at uh, JOs, which we're going to get into uh, here in one moment, that they listened to the to the podcast? I had way more people tell me that they did than I expected. Yeah, they listened once at some point in the last year. That's <laughs> <laughs> totally true. I heard one snippet and I turned it off because you know there was something else that was better on. Yeah, I, I but I anyway. But people say they they like it, so there you go. We're here, so we're back. It's been a month. I think it's been a month since our last show. Does that sound right? Yeah, I I, the dates all blend together for me. A lot's gone on in the last month. A lot's so. gone on. Okay, it's uh, it's it's crazy. Um, I was on vacation all last week in Delaware, but the week prior was Junior Olympics in Dallas. And so um, we'll get into that. Joe was knee deep in the administration of it. I was uh, coaching like a genius. Ha. Um, my Longhorn boys, which uh, did pretty well, not as well as I wanted, but did pretty well. But altogether, the event, I thought, went off actually quite well. And Give us some of the big stats, Joe, like how many teams came from where and all that stuff. I can add some anecdotes to that, but I don't have those numbers in front of me. Well, yeah, I think 99% of the people that came oh, went away happy. Um, I thought it was a great success. Um, we, had a, we had about 200 teams from around the country, Jeez. not California. I'm sure there were some Californians on some teams here or there. Yes, but there I'm were. Did you see all those license plates? Them. Um, but, uh, we had, what, we had 17 different courses, nine different facilities, thousand, thousand plus water pole games that, yeah, that, that got played. Um, you know, we had a ton of referees from everywhere. Yep. Um, and I think Texas was well represented. So, and congrats to the Longhorn tens, which we'll get into here. Victory. In a second. They, they got gold medal in the platinum division. Um, congratulations to the Viper Pigeon 18U girls that also got a gold medal in the platinum division. And we had a ton of teams that got like the seconds and thirds and yeah, in platinum and, you know, just up, I think I heard only good things. I mean, granted, yes, there were some challenges here or there, but you know, I heard mostly good things from the local teams, the teams that came from in from out of town. I, I think people were just happy to be playing. Um, so USA water polo was on site. They did a good job. Uh, 
the local hosts, though, I think the burden was placed largely on them. And like you said, either on the air or off, I can't remember, which was uh, we had like two hours. We, not we, you had two months to do this instead of like a, a like a year. Yeah, I mean, it was two and a half months, you know, and but, you know, you have to like 2020, 2021, you have to adjust and adapt. But, yeah, I mean, huge thanks to the local host, you know, um, they had to send their athletes and kids to go play. And they still had to find a way to to man the admissions and the tables and such. And, you know, and they were able to do that for four straight days. Right. At with at nine different facilities in the, uh, in the 17 different courses. That's not easy to do. Yeah. So. But overall, I thought, I mean, I thought it was a great event um, and it's really opened up. It's really going to open up the dialogue for what we can do because we were a success here. It's going to open up the dialogue on how can we do more things in Texas and how can we um, maybe look at JOs a little differently. Maybe. What else can we do? Right. How can we add to the event? You know, I mean, and, you know, there's the pre-2019 version and let's see what we do in 2022 and beyond so odp national championships that's the next one that's that's what i think yeah i don't have so but um but no but overall you know yeah there was definitely some challenges along the way you know we know Um, about that was too many no but like i mean (laughs) but like you know just at like at jay's so i was at the 12 and under pool for most of the event right yeah so that was at Dallas Jesuit. So a, a, like a big shout out to Jason Gall and his group there. They had great kids that came out and uh, all, like a, a lot of volunteers. But, you know, we had the 10 and under games there on Friday, Saturday. Right. And there were only three 10 and there were only three 10 U teams. Um, so we had to have a game like there had to be breaks between games yeah. and we had no place to put the 10 U course. So we had to build it and break it down three times. On Friday, and then three times. It's on, on Twitter Saturday, somewhere, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. They had like a little thing, but we got pretty good at it. We yeah. were able to put that thing together in about five minutes and take it down in about five minutes, and then store it between games. And um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun because, I mean, granted, the tender just having a great time. And then we had to transport that ten U course to the West Side Pool for the, for oh, the Sunday so game. Oh, so great! How did you do that? Like a trailer? Because that's a pretty significant amount of vinyl. I did actually have a trailer that I that? left my house. On Monday before JOs at 5 a.m. and drove to Houston and drove up to Dallas on Monday, oh and then you know just had to deliver like lane lines and clocks and flip scoreboards and this and that to the like the various pools and you know so yeah that was uh, there's a lot of prep work for this behind the scenes people. So. Well, here here's the way it goes for me because I know you and I talk so I know it <laughs> I know a lot more than my, maybe others do. But from the perspective of somebody who coached a team and who observed other teams and that that we had uh, that we sent, you know, all things considered, it was uh, it was like any other tournament in some ways. I mean, not that's that's understating it because, you know, you've got these gigantic USA water polo banners all over the place. You can see that the, the press is in, you know, d- doing their work at Westside in particular. It was it was. You know, there were, of course, there were some things that were drawbacks, right? Like, uh, you know, my kids were coughing for whatever. It's the summer. It's the summer in an indoor pool. Like, it's gonna, you're gonna catch these vapors or whatever. But other than that, it was just like, it was a, it was just a perfectly good tournament. There was not like no huge. We were behind in the schedule. Like, when has a tournament been right on schedule? It's almost, you know, it almost happens never. So it was all these like normal things. It was very, yeah, like, I mean, very well done. Yeah. 
there, there's been some table worker issues. There's always table yeah, worker of course. issues, like of course. even at, even in Orange County or North California. So, uh, oh. you know, things things are going to go wrong. You know, just adjust and adapt and find solutions. And you know, and you know, and kind of one of the solutions we found, like a couple of days before the event happened, was um, was you know we had to make sure the streaming kind of went on. So Sean Sean Stringham, um. Um, from go live sports did a great job with the streaming at west side and you know and and you know and brandon dion and his crew at west side they did a great job because they had to have three courses we had to figure out how to do three courses for the first time ever at yeah. that facility um and then we had to flip it to two courses right on sunday and you know and then throw in the tenue course and then throw in the big old banner on the wall you know yeah, was- i mean I mean, it was, there were some challenges and, but, you know, but a big thank you to Caltown, Thunder, Mavericks, uh, Pegasus and Dallas Jesuit for being the local host. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it, I mean, I cannot thank I cannot thank them enough cause we could not have done that event without them. So no, of course not. And that, that banner is like North Korean in size. It was really imposing in a good way. I'm telling you, I like that kind of symbol. You just compared our banner to North Korea. Thank you. <clears throat> Big Appreciate propaganda. That. I love it. I walk in every time I'm a, I'm a, I'm a USA water polo uh, employee or sort of, and I walk in and I see the propaganda. I call it propaganda. It's great. Stuff is, it looks great. You got banners all over the place. It was really cool. And yeah. one of the best parts about the whole thing was like, you know, there were some teams that may not have normally at the normal JOs be competing in platinum yeah. for, for gold, silver, bronze, yeah. yeah, medal. And that was great. I mean, I mean, probably, I mean, after I was done over at uh, Dallas Jesuit on Sunday, I, I had to go pick up kind of some equipment and then I got over to the West side pool and I was able to see the second half of the, um, of the Viper Pigeon 18 new girls game. Oh yeah, that that turned out really well. So they actually went up 3-1 and this is in the gold medal game against uh was it Sarasota United, which which means kids from everywhere. And and uh oh, was it um and Viper Pigeon kind of went up 3-1, then then they went down like 7-4 and then they scored the last three goals in the last 2 minutes and tied the game with 3 seconds to go, then they won in a shootout. Yeah. So <laughs> Great Very stuff. good way for the Southwest Zone to kind of, kind of help finish out that event. So, Very good. and then the 18 U boys for Vibrations in the other pool, they also won in a shootout for the third place. So you know, and then I it was Pegasus versus Thunder for the 14 R boys, that went to a shootout. You know, the Thunder, oh, kind of 14 girls and this and the 16 girls they they got they got the silver medals. You know, um, you know the Pegasus 12U got the gold medal, mm-hmm. and then of course yeah, you got to you, yeah you got to talk about your like your Longhorn 10U kids mm-hmm. who got the gold medal. I coached those guys up, didn't I? I mean, they were good. They went three. What? What? How many games did they play total? Uh, f- three. They did round robin, so three Five. games total. Yeah, they Five. tore Five. it up. Tore it up. I had nothing to do with it. I have. I definitely have kids on that team. I'm just absolutely delighted with that outcome because the first of all 10 and unders are a rare breed we you know we would talk about um, 10 and unders from all over the country trying to get to you know on a team in california for example um so it was a small turnout turn tournament for the 10 and unders but i'm just stoked that central texas you know get some love in the 10 and under division and we're growing we're growing joe it's about time oh yeah no it's i mean it's yeah i mean it was great to see them. It was great to see Zillow there. It was great to see Triumph there. 
um, for the 10 U's. It was just great to have the 10 U course and the big blow up goal. Thank you, Viper so cool. for, for, for letting us borrow that. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it just made it that much more fun. So, you know, one thing that's outside the zone, but it's a, it's a bit of a tail for those who are looking to grow quickly, or at least uh, hope to do so, you know, C- capital, which is a DC area team, sent their 16 new boys. I, th- I think I'm, I've got this right. And they just tore it up. And, uh, they, it, and that program has not been around for very long and they were really good. So I, I'm, I just like to make note of that kind of thing. Like if you think that can't be done, can't be done, it can. I mean, DC is not, I've lived there for almost nine years. It is not a water polo location. Not really. I mean, GW is there and so on, but it's hard to find games and whatever they've been doing at Capitol, they've really been tearing it up. So well, just Capitol's a little bit around for, they've been around for a few years. They were ball under before they turned into Capitol. Yeah. And like, so like they've been around for six or seven years. So, but, um, so what do you think about the facilities? Did you get, uh, did you get up to Garland? I did not get to Garland. You know, you get, or I, I, I blame you for everything. So when we were scheduled at Garland, I, I said it was Joe's fault, but, um, it wasn't. And then on the last day we were scheduled to play in the morning at Eastside and then our final game at Garland. And then that got changed, which I was actually delighted by. <laughs> I didn't have to go anywhere because then I, cause I was going over to, to Carroll, which is 20, 30 minutes away. Not bad at all, but uh, you know, it would have been difficult to get the, from there and then Garland and all that in time. So no, I did not get to see the beautiful new facility at Garland, which people said was very, very good. Yeah, it's just out there on the edges of the area. But yeah. you know what was also fun was like the teams from out of state and how many parents came and watched. I saw I walked over, I went over to Carroll real quick to pick up some equipment on yeah on Sunday, and the kids were like they had their medals and you know it's not that big of a lobby so the people were out there with signs and I mean it was it was definitely a a very fun environment it to really play water polo. And, you know, it was very unique. This year is very unique. Um, and but I but I think that we've proven that we can do stuff here in Texas and we can do more. So. Can do it. Um, good um, number of, of uh, collegiate coaches, too. I was uh, that was really cool. Saw, saw and talked to Jack Stabenfeld, who's the head coach at Occidental. He was at South Lake Carroll. Um, met uh, Michael. My, oh, this now it's terrible. Assistant coach at Villanova, who is the assistant to uh, one of my old teammates, Larry Sanders from UC San Diego, who's now coaching at Villanova. But there was a good turnout of of coaches, and not just at Westside. It was it was a uh, it was great. Oh yeah, and uh, by the way, the MVP for the eighteen U girls is going to Villanova. So oh, there you go. Um, and uh, that's that's Adrian Grimes out there. So um, but um. But overall, yeah, I mean, it was great, and uh, I really did also like um, Frank Connor was out there giving I out heard that. some awards. I heard that um, on like kind of Sunday afternoon. If y'all don't know who Frank Connor is, he's getting about ninety years old now. He was one of the people that helped start Dallas Water Polo Club a long time ago in North Texas. He was a long time. He was he was head of the math department at the at the University of of North Texas, but um, he was a Hall of Fame water polo player back in the fifties up in Chicago. So, um, he, but we got him out there and he was out there and, and his daughter was there with him. And I, and, um, so Frank, if you're listening, thank you so much. And, um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. So, yeah, he, you, uh, my assistant's from Chicago. So he was just going crazy about all the teams that were from Chicago. He'd go talk to all the coaches all the time. And by the way, the assistant from Villanova, I apologize. It's Michael Gordon, really nice guy. I'm glad we got a chance to meet. And he's a Philly guy. Like he, he coached out in San Diego for a while, but then went back, uh, and, is assisting 
my old teammate who used to kick my rear end in practice, Larry Sanders. So there you go. It was a very, yeah. very good and entertaining weekend. No, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I think everybody had a very good experience. Um, and you know, it was just great to see all the teams playing and from around the country. And again, it was a JO's environment. Yes. By the way, right. I, we don't have, we yeah we don't have the beach, but I think we're all going back to Northern California next year. Yeah, the cold cold beach. Like the my parent who was in Miramani saying, "Hey, we're going to go to the beach for between games." I'm like, "No, you're not. It's going to take you three hours to get there, and it's about 52 degrees in the ocean right now." So, yeah, I, I'm I'm delighted about what happened in Texas. By the way, um, the I was out <laughs> at Delaware. We're visiting my my in laws. My uh, my father in law is 93. He you know, he loves going out to the beach. It was a really good time. But we also were visiting colleges for my daughter. This is incredible. So I'm, we're walking around the campus of Bryn Mawr, and someone just shouts out, hey, USA Water Polo. So I walk over, and her name is Tessa from Anaheim Hills, California. She works there. She's uh, plated Occidental. It just goes to show you how small this world is. I'm in the middle of a very, very small, very beautiful campus on the outskirts of Philadelphia and bump into somebody who played uh, in collegiate water polo. So there you go. And, I'm so here, and I just I'll hired talk. someone from Villanova, too, as a new coach. So, so there you go. I am going to I'm going to one up you. OK, go. So I, I was in New Zealand a couple years ago mm -hmm. on a trip, not water polo. Yeah, nothing. And in the middle of nowhere, the middle of nowhere. My my yeah my brother in law my wife and I were um, stopped and had uh, and had dinner and, and a beer and we went upstairs so the restaurant's downstairs and there's a little seating kind of kind of kind of area kind of upstairs about half about halfway through our meal a whole group got yeah got yeah got seated behind us it was a group of Texas A and M water polo players <laughs> that were randomly doing a work study during like the Christmas break Can't over get away in. From over in um over in New Zealand. So that was random right there. Very so, random. There the community is so cool. Um okay, that's enough for now. We'll be back in a moment. Right about now you might be expecting some song and dance about a product you don't need. Well shush, we don't advertise here and we want to keep it that way. So we sure would appreciate your help. Show your support by going to TXWaterPolo.com forward slash donate so we can keep covering the sport we love in the great state of Texas. Hey, this is Jesse Smith, recent Pan Am gold medalist. I was just checking out Texas Water Polo from the TX Water Polo podcast. Also, you can check out the website. You can follow me at GoSmith now. Thanks, guys. TX Water Polo podcast. I'm James. He's Joe. Um, guess what else happened over the past few weeks, which was the Olympic Games in Tokyo. They were the 2020 Olympic Games, not the 2021 Olympic Games. No, that, was, that, 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 was, that was very surreal watching all the Olympics and seeing 2020. Isn't that true? I, totally. Well, look, <laughs> okay, I, 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 I love Japan. I've been three times. I love it there. And I actually just sympathize with them because for as great as the Olympic competition was, I, it's, just, it's just not the same. And, boy, the timing was horrible. So I feel bad for them. 
and that includes stuff like printing out the signs, you know, that said Tokyo 2020 and keeping it that way. I would have done that too, I think. But yeah, it was a little, it was a, it sort of knocks you off balance every time you're looking behind the volleyball scene and it says 2020. I was like, wait a minute, what year is this? Um, so you but, watched. But congrats, congrats to the women's national team. Oh, congratulations. Third but, straight gold medal. Okay, but Joe, here we go. So they destroyed Spain in the final game. And, uh, they did. Oh man! In fact, it, it it went back to as I was mentioning to Stephania Haralbides in my interview with her. It's like sometimes you guys are boring because you're go, you're so good. But did I don't know if you saw the game against China, which was an early round game against China, and then the following game against Hungary, which they lost, which was their first game, first loss in like three years. So, holy crow! That tournament. It was so clear that these coaches were gunning for them from these sort of physical. I would also call it European style, which is lots of what we used to call baby games, lots of play acting, lots of so on and so forth. And they didn't react super well. I mean, clear, uh, clearly they came back um, with some real fortitude and they beat um, China and then uh, lost to Hungary, which uh, fair enough. You know, that was like an evenly matched game. Uh, but man, after that, they, they did not take any prisoners and they just destroyed Spain in well, the final. I mean, it was one of those things where it's better to have a loss during the prisms than in the uh, knockout no stage. So, And maybe that's what they needed to get over the hump and kind of finish. I don't know. I think it was. I wasn't there, but, you know, obviously that was a bit of a wake-up call and they came back with a yeah with a fury and, and, and decided to flex a little bit and say, Boy, did um, all right, no more playing games. Here we go. Like, you know, they, they, it's almost like when they decide, it's, it's a strange way of putting it, I understand, but they sort of decide that they're going to lock down defensively, and then it's just all over because they just take that on the counterattack and they just go. Man, it is, it is fun to watch when they do that. It was, um, it was altogether an excellent tournament for them. It was very entertaining because it actually had a more, way more drama than I expected. I thought that it was going to be, um, you know, more blowouts than it was. But holy crap, that's three Olympic championships in a row. Um, Krikorian has got to be considered one of the great coaches of all time. I personally think he's probably going to step down. I have no inside information on that at all. None whatsoever. I'm going to try to get him on an interview, but, uh, yeah, uh, just, a uh, and, and just one note on a particular player, you know, who's good, Melissa Seidemann. She's really good. Like, man, and there, yeah. were, there were games where they were struggling and they would put her in. And she did all these little things that uh, really helped them turn the tables. And oh, she's cases. a three-time gold medalist. Of course, she's, she's good. so good. Yeah, well, I mean, no, you know, you could say, of course, she could have lost it by this point, but she most definitely did not. She looks yeah. like a conductor of an orchestra. Yeah, and uh, Maddie Musselman was the MVP of the tournament, and uh, was she can it then? Shoot, man. Yeah, I mean, and then she's going to be a nice little like if, if. You know, Maggie Steffens and Melissa Sodelman, if they don't continue, which I'm, I, they may continue because it's only three more years until the next Olympics. Um, but, like, you know, there's some young guns on there, too. It's not just the people that have been around for a while. No, there's some young guns. It's a very young team. In fact, I, I think Steffens is going to play at least one more. I think Seidemann's probably done. In fact, I think she was emotional at the end of the game. And it's a, a supposition. She could very well come back and uh, and. Man, if I was her, I might do that myself. Did you stay up and watch the game at 2.30 a.m.? I did not. I don't do that I did. My, did you yeah, really? my wife and I woke up. We oh woke up God. and watched it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It was a good – nobody – so I, <laughs> we'll move on to the men here in a second, but I, I got a text from someone, and it, it was like – 
Dayon should have had so-and-so on the roster. And immediately I knew that they had lost the game that, that uh, I was going to watch in the morning. I was like, God ah, darn, I wanted to watch this game without having inter- interference. The women's gold medal in the game, it was great. I had no one contact me, nothing. I woke up. I watched it as if I were watching it live. It was great. Good. Was it um, definitely for both the men and women, the transverse property did not work very well. (laughs) And for those that don't know what that's, A equals B, B equals C. So therefore, A A should equal C. But it's the transitive um, property. That's sorry, the transitive property. Yeah. And um, but like it's what is. Yeah. It's one of those things where. uh, Yeah, it's just the results were all over the place a little bit. So. So if I'm going to here's a, I don't know, an attempt at diving in on a critique of the American team. So um, let's just start with the good news. Ben Halleck is very good. He's really good. He's better than I even thought he was. And he you can tell because all of these European teams who were trying, they were all trying to mess with him. And why wouldn't you? Right. But he was their target. Like, it was so clear they were just trying to keep the ball from him. But he just kept earning exclusion after exclusion. He's 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 better than I thought he was going to be. So that's a good sign. Um, goalkeeping, I'm, I'm unclear about which one of those guys is the better goalkeeper. I just am not sure. Um, and... I, I mean, I have my favorite kinds of players, but it was, it, it's a, it was a very interesting, very young, except for Jesse Smith, uh, uh, roster. And uh, I'm still not sure they even know who wants to play what position. But uh, anyway, it was, it, was, it was fun to watch them because I think that they benefited from the time that they all spent in Europe playing on professional clubs. But it didn't translate in games like the Greek game in particular where they just got, you know, they just got trounced. Yeah, it was just, it was, you know, I watched that Greek game. I watched a couple others and yeah, I mean, there were some very, very good things and some very, very positive things. And, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, I'm glad they got sixth place and not ninth place. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's, I kind of buried the lead there because they got 10th in the last Olympics and this is a clearly a, a much improved outcome to that. Um, they got out of this group stage and clearly they were matched up against some teams that were not as challenging as they have been in the past. South Africa is really quite bad, but, uh, you know, God bless them. I'm glad they're part of the tournament. Um, but yeah, they, they took advantage of that to get into the next round, which they did not do before they beat Italy in the five, six game. They, and then proceeded to kind of melt down against Croatia in a game that I, you watched, I think a little bit, I'm not sure. I don't know what to make of that game. It's like hard. Are they, I, it's, it's not clear to me that either one of them was, I don't know. I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say it, it, it looks sort of like unserious at some points, but maybe I I'm misinterpreting. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it was the last game of the event right. and there's some kids on probably players on both sides that were like wanting to get out. There's other players that were like, let's play yep. to the end. So, I mean, and so it was a little bit of an up and down, back and forth type thing. So The Croatian backup goalie looked a little bit like me. That's not a compliment. <laughs> He's like looking pretty big, but he played pretty dang well, man. That's pretty cool. Um, he, can, he, he can swim a whole lot better than you. So Yeah, you no, go. he certainly can. I just hopped in the pool earlier. And talking about old players. Yeah. Jesse Smith? No, I was in a uh, transition from Masters Nationals. 
Masters Nationals is coming up. I don't. I, I, I know that um, Austin is blowing up with athletes who are interested in going and finding teams and scrambling and all that. So what's the status? Uh, what do you know about it? I, I'm, I'm, that's all I really know about what's going on. For those that don't know, it's August 27th, 28th, 29th in North Texas. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hosted primarily at SMU and Garland and Highland Park and the Eastside Aquatic Center. So Pegasus is going to be the local host, the primary local host at least. But um, there are going to be over there. Are, there are 50 plus teams that have put in team entries. Oh, cool. uh, we're still kind of finalizing the teams this week. Hopefully, I have a schedule out by kind of the like you know the middle of next week. But um, it's going to be great. I mean, it's I mean again, it's an opportunity for us to shine the light on Texas and have people come here and, and have a good experience. Um, I would do wish some of the normal teams that do compete in Masters Nationals would that they had entered teams earlier, but it's one of those things where, uh, like hopefully next time. And I hope that we do a good job so we can get on the rotation and have it come out here on a regular basis. All right, so. I'm going I'm to find out who those teams are because you're not going to tell me, and then I will scold them for not entering sooner. But there you go. Um, all right, Masters Nationals, welcome to Texas Shootout is also coming up. It's it's uh, it's sort of like uh, the end of the summer, no? No, yeah. I mean, normally, yeah, the Welcome to Texas Shootout, that got moved because of the, o, of the ODP, ODP. O, o weekend over Memorial Day. It's yeah. now going to be this upcoming Labor Day. It's, it's September 4th and 5th. Um, it's going to be Saturday, Sunday only. If teams are coming in from out of town and they want to play or get in the water, they will have the opportunity to on Friday afternoon, evening. Just let me know, and I'll make sure that you get in there, you get a spot, and if we can get a scrimmage with another team, yeah, we will. Yeah, but fun. overall, it's going to be it's going to be great. Um, it's hopefully we, if needed, we will use all five courses. Wow, all right. It really depends on the number of teams, and um, but yeah, we have the entire facility down in San Antonio. Again, where the where the ODP thing was, um, it's the best. And people are, are looking forward to it because I think people are going to are going to want to keep playing. Yeah, so. Um, but there's a ton of other stuff going on this fall as well. Tell us. Um, the beach water polo tournament, yeah, Zilla, they just couldn't find a, a good weekend to make it work, so they're not going to have it this year. Okay. Um, uh, what is it? Um, there's going to be the Armadillo Classic the last weekend of September. There's the VP Octo Polo Fest the first weekend of October. You have a couple of the ODP weekends on September 19th and also a couple in October. You got the Rock, yeah, the like the Rocktoberfest Jeez. in October. You got the Champions Cup in uh, November. You have the Texas Challenge Cup, which is the Thunder Tournament in early November. Then you're going to have the uh, Pegasus Dallas Masters Fall um, k- kind of invite in North Texas at SMU, also in November. And then, you know, you get into December. You're like um, Cowtown's having their stampede again. So things are things are happening. It's Plus- a lot of fun. Plus uh, tentative dates for ODP, right? September, November, that kind of thing. Is that that's oh, sort of like I, very generally speaking what we're thinking? I just mentioned them. It's going to be September 19th and a couple in October. So there's going to be one in Houston and one separate one in uh, in North Texas. A different format from the past if things work out the way Sorry, that we might say. Hmm? We will we will see. Stuff will be we'll emailed see. out to everybody. Else yeah, yeah, and I'm not even. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, loosely affiliated with it now, so it's like uh, I just hear things uh, on the grapevine. All right, anything else? Are we done? You got to pass out. No, I'm not. I gotta I gotta go call some people. Yes, me too. Actually, oh, got nine minutes. Okay, that's it. Uh, thank you, Joe. Good to hear from you. We haven't spoken in some time. 
Yeah, it was good. I'm glad you guys had. I'm glad your club had a good time at JS. Victory, victory for the ten and unders. I'll never stop uh, crediting myself for that, even though I had nothing to do with it. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. Telling a friend about the TX Waterpolo Podcast and the Total Waterpolo Podcast. If you want to support us, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. We thank all of you who've done that in the past. And with that, until next week. So long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.